Let us pray. Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for this, your word, that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Our Psalter reading today comes from Psalm 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord, their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry, the Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's gospel reading comes from the gospel of Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. Listen now for God's word to you and to me. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that Jesus answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, Teacher, you are right. You have truly said that he is one, and besides him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This, this is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he'd answered him wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any question. The word of the Lord. 
Years ago, before we learned all the ways that Facebook tears us apart, writer Jonathan Franzen expressed concern about the way Facebook had transformed the verb to like from a state of mind to an action you perform by clicking a mouse. He was concerned by the change because he thought it revealed a tendency in our culture, in us as a people, to substitute an easy kind of liking for the more difficult and important task of loving. Liking is, by and large, after all, a positive feeling. Love, on the other hand, costs us something. Love is messy and it's complicated. To love someone is to be vulnerable, to risk getting dirty. To like something costs you absolutely nothing. Love, writes Franzen, quote, is about bottomless empathy, born out of the heart's revelation that another person is every bit as real as you are. The words and actions of Jesus reveal clearly that he was someone committed to love. He was someone who loved deeply and fully. And he was also, apparently, someone who was willing to suffer all the consequences of that love. Seeking out the lonely and the lost, calling disciples to leave their family and their livelihoods to follow him, preaching a message of uncompromising love demands. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Lend, expecting nothing in return. Do not judge. Forgive. Jesus may not have known much about the superficial Facebook style of liking things, but he knew all there is to know, all that could ever be known, about what author Alice Siebel describes as getting down in the pit and loving somebody. Love is at the center of everything Jesus says and does. Love is who he is. So if you hear nothing else today, if you take nothing else from my preaching with you over these past 18 months, please hear and receive this. God loves you, and God wants you to love more than anything else. Kids, love your parents. Love your friends. Love your sisters and your brothers. Adults, Love your family, love your neighbors, love your co-workers, love your enemies, and even your pastors, too. And to both of you, young and old and everyone in between, love God with everything you've got. That's all I want to say about love today, for now anyway. What I want to talk about today is something far more interesting and odd. Burnt offerings and sacrifices. Who doesn't love a good conversation about burnt offerings and sacrifices? Did you notice what the scribe in today's passage, do you notice what he said that earned him the praise and admiration of Jesus? Did you hear the comparison he made that led Jesus to say those amazing words, this one, he is not far from the kingdom of God? Listen again to the scribe's response. You are right, teacher, he says. You have truly said that he is one, and beside him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love 
one's neighbor as oneself, this is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Love is more important than sacrifice. I've noticed something in worship the last few months. I've been hesitant to talk about it, but since next week's my last Sunday, I think it's safe to bring it up now. Do you smell that? Do you notice that smell, choir? Maybe? Am I the only one? Or do you not smell the remnants of fire and burnt wood? I checked the communion table this morning to make sure no one had done a little offering, a little burnt offering on it over the past few months. Couldn't find any char stains or anything. I went downstairs, talked to Chef Jason to make sure nothing had been burned in the kitchen over the last few months. He assured me nothing had. So I'm sorry to say this, but please don't take it personally, although I'm not sure how else you can take it. But I think the smell is coming from you and from me. I don't know why I'm surprised by this, really. Every church I've served over the years has smelled the same. Every church I've served has smelled, reeked, of burnt offerings and sacrifices. We may not bring whole lambs or doves to the sanctuary anymore, thank goodness. But do not be mistaken, we still bring our sacrifices to God. Like any good Jew would have done during the time of Jesus, we bring our sacrifices to church to seek atonement, to offer thanksgiving, and to receive a blessing from the Lord above. We all lug our own little burnt offerings to church in the hope that God will notice. And in most cases, the sacrifices we bring are honorable, even necessary. For some, the sacrifice we lay before God on Sunday morning may be working extra hours, too many hours, to provide for our family. For others, it may be volunteering at a church or another organization more than our schedule really permits or allows. Perhaps your sacrifice is neglecting your own physical and mental health in order to care for your children or your ailing parents. Maybe your sacrifice is just sacrificing your own happiness to ensure the happiness of another person. Whatever it is, all of us lug our own little burnt offerings to church Sunday after Sunday, and while we don't bring them up to the altar, we do lay them down before God each and every week. Others may not see what we're doing, but we can't hide the smell. We love to make our sacrifices known to God. In the movie As Good As It Gets, actor Jack Nicholson stars as Melvin Udall. Melvin is a cranky, bigoted, obsessive, compulsive writer who has sacrificed all meaningful human contact to become one of the country's most renowned romance writers, of all things. Melvin is successful beyond his dreams, so successful he has no idea how miserable a person he is. Through a series of events beyond Melvin's control, he suddenly finds himself immersed in a relationship, an actual relationship with his neighbor and a local waitress in town. It's been so long since Melvin actually loved someone besides himself 
that watching him come out of the shell on the screen is actually a bit painful. The requirements of love are almost too much for Melvin to bear, especially after all the sacrifices he has made. And let's be honest, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to work late nights. It's easier to keep your opinions to yourself. It's easier to sacrifice your time, your health, and perhaps your money. Those things are easy compared to loving someone. When you make a sacrifice, an offering, you're in control. You know what is required of you. You choose what you're willing to give up and what you're going to hold on to. When you love someone, control is out the window. Anything can and often does happen. To love is to let go of any illusion of control. Another movie I enjoy is Sliding Doors. Not sure if you've seen it. Stars Gwyneth Paltrow. In the movie, she plays a young woman trying to make her way in the world. In the opening scene, we see Gwyneth rushing to catch a train, a subway station, in a subway station, and by sheer will, she makes it onto the subway, and she doesn't. At that point in the movie, the script follows Gwyneth down two different paths. In one, her character just squeezes through the sliding doors of the train, while in the other, she stops and decides not to force her way in. As we watch the two plots unfold, we see how that one decision, that one action, changes her entire life. I believe the choice we are presented, the choice to prioritize love over and above sacrifice, is that important. I believe it has the power to change the course of your life. I know loving God and those around you is not easy. I know that being in relationships can be really annoying and test your patience. I know that choosing to love everyone demands a lot. But I can't stress how important it is for you and for me to do everything we can to get on the love train. Squeeze through the door if you have to. Run through the crowd. Push your way forward. Whatever you do from this point forward, embark on a journey defined by love. I say that because it seems to me Christ is pretty clear here. If your primary way of communicating love to God and love to those around you is through the sacrifices you make, you will become isolated, angry, and your heart will grow cold. Love is the path to the kingdom. Love is the way to God. Love is what faithfulness looks like, and love is in such short supply these days. More than ever, we surround ourselves with people who are easy for us to love or even like, people who look like us, think like us, vote like us, love like us. Even worse than that, I think we've watered down love, transforming it from a verb into a noun, we say we love people, but we don't really seek to understand them, to draw near to them, or to let them change us. We've turned love into a bland tolerance that looks more like common courtesy than close community. A few years ago, the wedding of, at the wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, the Reverend Michael Curry, the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church in America, Reverend Curry preached a sermon that had people talking for weeks after the wedding. 
In part, what struck people about Curry's homily was the contrast between his delivery style and the response of his listeners. Curry did not adjust the enthusiasm or the passion of his usual sermon delivery for the decidedly reserved congregation. He preached, as one would say, and what he preached about was the power of love, not just the romantic love that brought Harry and Meghan together, but biblical love, self-sacrificial love, love that keeps families and communities and nations together over decades of betrayals and disagreements. He also preached about a love that transcends the ties of family, which is the love Jesus calls us to have for all of God's children. As Curry put it, Jesus began the most revolutionary movement in all of human history, a movement grounded in the unconditional love of God for the world, and a movement mandating people to live that love, and in doing so, not only change their lives, but the life of the world itself. He went on. Jesus did not get an honorary doctorate for dying. He did not get anything out of it. He sacrificed his life for the good of the other. That's what love is. Love is not selfish and self-centered. It is sacrificial. And it changes lives and changes the world. The only sacrifices God desires from us are the sacrifices that love demands of us. And if you're not sure how to tell the difference between the burnt offerings and sacrifices we are tempted to bring to God each and every week, if you can't tell the difference between those and the sacrifices that love requires of us, do nothing more than look to Jesus. Because he did not come to teach us how to sacrifice. He took care of that on the cross. Jesus came to show us how to love, to let us see what love looks like. And love requires more than giving something up or putting something away or laying something down or tolerating difference. Love requires personal contact. Love requires intimacy. Love requires engaging the other even when we know it will challenge us and change us. We only get one chance at life. And if you choose the path of sacrifice, you might be content but you will be constantly judging others and yourself, trying to figure out if they, if you, have done enough to earn the acceptance of God and other peoples. And I'm here to tell you that is no way to live. That is not what the kingdom of God looks like. On the other hand, if you choose love, you're free. You are free to mess up free to fail in your relationships from time to time, free to have good days and bad ones. Love returns, love forgives, love rebuilds. The more you make love your number one priority, the closer you are to the kingdom of God. So if you hear nothing else today, hear this. God wants us to love more than anything else. Kids, love your parents. Love your friends, love your brothers and sisters. Adults, love your family, love your neighbors, love the folks you work with, love your enemies and your pastors too. And to both of you, me included, young and old and everyone in between, love God with everything 
you've got. God doesn't want your sacrifices, and I bet those who love you don't either. What God wants and what the people who love you want, what they want, is you. Amen.